0: I believe that you ought to take your problems to God. When you have a problem with the text, the Bible says, come, let us reason together, saith the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Now, hold on. What do you mean why we crying to you? The water is in front of us. Pharaoh is behind us. And you mad because we're calling you. Who else will we call? So God says, why are you crying to me? Tell the people, go forward. Tell them, walk towards the water. I know you can't see the way out, but just go forward. Don't go back. Go forward. You've been to the grocery store. You know when you get to them little doors, you know, you can't be standing back here and expect the door to open You got to step up so the sensor can see you. You got to step up. And once you get right close to the sensor, then the door opens right up. But the minute you step back is that's the minute the door closes. See, what God is waiting on is he's trying to see, do you have the faith for me to move? So he says, when you step, that's when I will move, because that's how I know you have faith. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of Exodus and the 14th chapter. Exodus chapter 14. It is my understanding that today is prayer ministry day. So I do want to talk about something of that in that direction. Somebody's going to ask me, Chase, why are you wearing gym shoes and a shoes and a suit? It's because I have learned that comfort is better than style. Somebody say amen. When you when you're preaching the word, don't you don't who cares about what's down there? You know, it's all about what's in the word. Somebody y'all know John the Baptist was looking like a bum out in the wilderness, but it wasn't what he looked like. It was his words. Y'all with me today? It's the word. In the book of Exodus and the 14th chapter, and I want you to look at the fifteenth verse. Exodus chapter 14 and verse 15. That's all we need for today. And in keeping with our culture, would you please stand for the reading of the word. Exodus chapter 14, reading from verse 15, please stand when you've found it. The Bible says, then the Lord said to Moses, I'm reading from the e- English Standard Version, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. That's enough. You may be seated why do you cry to me? Tell the people to go forward. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for the privilege that we have to come into your house and to worship you and to praise you. But right now, this is the time for you to speak to us. So speak to us, please, now. Do what you have promised that you would do for us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, this summer I have had the privilege of being in the state of Connecticut, working in an evangelistic series and preparing for a second one that they are currently in right now. I was a Bible worker out there, and we had the privilege of baptizing 63 souls following the first series, and there are some more souls who are prepared for baptism now, even though the second series just started to date. In the process of doing evangelism, and let me pause, Pastor, and commend you for your pastoral ministry, because the flock is an interesting thing, but one thing that I have learned is that it's a joy to do evangelism, because you are literally seeing God work in the lives of people, sometimes for the first time. In fact, one of the things that I noticed is when I read the Bible in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these are called the Gospels, I noticed that Jesus is doing many miracles in individuals' lives. Dead folk get up from their graves. Sick people are healed from their diseases. Blind people are able to see. Individuals who could not walk somehow start walking down the street. It does not make sense. These are miracles that Jesus is performing. And then I go even further. Demon-possessed individuals are set free from their demoniac possession. Individuals who are stuck in the bondage of addiction are freed from their addiction. Those who are cast out are elevated to their status of a child of God. Are you with me today? I have noticed that in the gospels, these things happen, but in evangelism, I can see the gospel happen in real time. I have testimonies right before my face. I have stories of drug addicts who have gotten rid of their drug addiction because of what Jesus has done for them. I have stories of those who were deep in the pit of depression, but when they met Jesus, something happened and a change took place. And now they can say, I have joy, unspeakable joy. Are you with me today? The Gospels is written, but your life is a testimony. You have the ability to be a written gospel. So I I love evangelism. I I love what God is doing in the lives of individuals. But I know that in the scriptures, we have an example for how our lives should be. See, See, if you read the Bible without looking at yourself, you've made a mistake. Some of us read the Bible to tell other folk how they ought to live. But Paul says you must examine yourself. Whether you be in the faith. In fact, when I was a little boy, they used to tell us, if you point your finger at me, you got three more pointing back at you. Are you with me today? So so you can wag your finger at anybody and, and, and beat people up with the Bible. But you best believe that same Bible will beat you up one day. The story is found in the book of Exodus. You know the story. Keep your Bibles open in chapter 14. The children of Israel have just left the land of Egypt. And let me pause and say they left by a miracle. God worked out 10 miracles on behalf of the children of Israel and allowed them to be freed from the hand of their oppressor. I think we understand what it's like to be freed from oppression. Y'all with me today? All of us have experienced some form of heaviness from the enemy. His name being Satan. All of us have experienced the oppression of Satan himself. In fact, in the book of Isaiah, when you read about how God wants to set captives free, you must understand that that has a literal implication, but it also has a spiritual implication. For God cares for the freedom of his people, but he also cares for the spiritual freedom from the devil. The Bible says sin is a is a is a shackle that has bound us to Satan. But God says if you be in Christ, you are a new creature and any man who is in Christ is free indeed. Would you say amen? So they have been set free by a miracle from the hand of their oppressor known as the Egyptian Pharaoh. But you must understand that when you are set free by Jesus Christ, the devil ain't going to let you up easy. So the Bible says that Pharaoh decided that "Mm, children of Israel think they they can just get out of here just like that. I know what God did to me. I went through all those 10 plagues, but I must tell you that is not bad enough. I want them back. so when you give your life to Christ, when you have accepted him, the devil will constantly be trying to get you back. you got to be careful with how you live in life, because everywhere you turn, the devil will show up. He may not show up with large temptations like alcohol and Sabbath breaking and those things that we won't do, but he'll show up with gossip. Are you with me today? He'll show up with doubt. He'll show up with unbelief. He will show up with church members who you can't stand that will try to drive you out of the church. But you got to know you're not in the church because of them. You're in the church because of Jesus. Somebody say amen. So the devil will always try to get you to turn your back on God. And this is exactly what God is, uh, the children of Israel are struggling with right now. They have left Egypt. They have left the hand of their oppressor. And now they are beginning a new life with God, a new life of worshiping God. And the devil through Pharaoh is on their tail. And so as they're journeying through the wilderness, they come across this obstacle. It's known as the Red Sea. You know the story. I'm just walking you through it. See, I got to work on your brain before I get to the message. You understand what I'm saying? They tell you, you got to prepare the soil, and then you can plant the seed. Somebody talk to me. So, so, so you, you know the story. They have reached the Red Sea, but the Red Sea is just an obstacle between them and their promise. Now, you didn't hear what I said. It is just an obstacle between them and their promise. Notice I did not say them and the promised land. I said them and their promise. That is what God has promised to them. In other words, when they reach the banks of the Red Sea, they can see off into the distance. May not be as clear as day, but they can see just a little bit their promise. Some of you understand what I'm talking about when you look back in your life and you can see what God has promised you right in front of you. Some of you understand that thing that God has been telling you he wants to give to you. You say, I can see it, but I can't get it right now because there's something in the way. And even if you may not know what I'm talking about from that perspective, you know that the Bible says that Jesus himself will come from heaven with the shout and the voice of the archangel. That's a promise. And if you turn on the news, if you go outside, or if you just look do your neighbor and see the mask, you will understand that your promise is on the way. Jesus is coming soon. Amen. The signs point to it, but there is something in the way. There is something keeping us from reaching the fulfillment of our promise. So they, they, they can see their promise. They can see a land flowing with milk and honey. Don't get hung up on that, it's not literal, it's symbolic. It means that this is a land of richness, this is a land of fruitfulness, it's a land of joy and bliss. It's just a metaphor, if you will. They can see the land of promise, but as they are approaching the Red Sea, in fact, the scholars tend to suggest that they probably stayed there for a couple of days just waiting. Because when they reach the Red Sea, they know that the promise is on the other side and God is going to work and work wonderful miracles to them on the other side. But right now, the thing that they are focused on is the obstacle in front of them. Y'all with me today? They don't they're not worried right now about the palm trees or whatever trees they have in Canaan. They're not thinking about that. They're worried about the fish and the water that is before them. Because what they clearly see, though they can see a glimpse of the promise, they see more of the obstacle. And so they just sat there. They just stood there for a couple of days just waiting, not understanding what's going on. And remember, I I told you, these are new converts. So their faith is not as strong as one would expect. Now, don't you talk bad about new converts because the truth is our faith is not what it should be either. Listen, listen, listen. God has to put us through certain situations in order to grow our faith. The obstacles that we face in life is simply God's method of testing and growing your faith. In other words, you ought to be thankful for what God allows to happen to you. I ought to say that one more time. You ought to be thankful for what God has allowed to happen unto you. Now, 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 this is a hard pill to swallow. Uh, See, we we, we have not been the most wealthy people in my family. I wish we were. You know, I look at some people, and they drive these nice cars. And you know, when I was a child, I didn't really care about what car we drove. But now that I am paying gas, and I can see how difficult it is to fix a car every five seconds, I would like to have one of those nice Teslas. Are you with me today? I want one of the nice hybrid cars that you can just plug in and don't have to worry about gasoline. Praise God, the prices are going down. But I learned something that if I were rich in my life, I probably wouldn't be the Christian I am today. (laughs) In other words, sometimes God allows things to happen to you because he knows that's going to help you get to the place where he wants you to be. So he says, I'm going to let them be a little poor for a little bit. He says, I'm going to let them struggle in life a little bit. I'm going to let them have pain in life, not because I want the pain to happen, but because I will allow it so that they can realize that in the midst of the pain, I will be with them every step of the way. Is there a testimony in here that can testify that God was with you every step of the way throughout your life so 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 they are going through this situation only as a means of growing their faith so they're standing right there in front of the Red Sea and I I can imagine Moses is probably a little bit worried he's looking at the people and he's looking at the sea and he's like look (laughs) I don't know how we're gonna do this I mean it'd be nice if we could build a boat but we kind of just left Egypt you know on the fly yeah, we don't really have any materials. I mean, we got builders, but no, no wood. All right, well, maybe we can swim. Well, I don't know if these folk know how to swim. You know, the stereotype is Negroes. I mean, Hebrews don't know how to swim. <laughs> so, so he's probably trying to figure out solutions. Moses is a leader. You know, leaders try to figure out solutions. But listen, there comes a time sometimes when you don't have the solution. Have you ever been through a situation in your life where you sit back and you say, man, I don't know what to do, but I know someone who does know what to do. I don't know about tomorrow, but I just live for today, but I know who does hold tomorrow. Are you listening to me? Sometimes you may not have the solution, but God always knows the answer. So so Moses is standing here and the Bible says in verse 10 of Exodus chapter 14 that the people cried out to the Lord. They said, "God, uh, uh, you have to help us in this situation." But notice, their cry was not a request. Their cry was a complaint. They said, "I know graves in Egypt. I mean, you didn't brought us out here. We, we could have just died back there. Here we are. We, we, we didn't put our trust in you. We didn't expect it that you was going to help us. And and look now, we're going to be buried in the sea. And to make things worse, see, I forgot to add this part." To make things worse, behind them is Pharaoh. Oh, get the picture. See, they look in front of them, there's a sea. And they look behind them, there's the enemy. Whoo! help me, Holy Ghost. They they, they look in front of them, there is the obstacle. They look behind them, there is the devil. So you, you must understand, life is not easy for the Israelites. Hmm? Hold on, let me, let me pause. I got to tell a testimony from somebody else. Listen, I, we, we, we were, we were uh, doing evangelism this summer and there was a woman that we met that I was giving studies to and, and this woman was struggling with her cigarette addiction. Stay with me now. She was struggling with her cigarette addiction and demonic activity in her home. Stay with me. She was smoking one pack of cigarettes every day. It blew my mind. One pack every day. And I sat down and I talked with her. And listen, hold on, hold on. I talked with her about the cigarettes after we baptized her see, see y'all, y'all, y'all ain't with me I, I said after we baptized her I talked to her about the cigarettes and I said sister we, we, we've got to do something about it so let's try to take it one step at a time let's try to just diminish it a little bit because you know you can't just quit cold turkey I know it's possible God can do anything but it's not recommended are you with me so, so I said let's just try to diminish this let instead of 20 cigarettes let's do 15 you know let's just try to do let, let's just try to go through the process of it now two days later. Listen, two days later, the sister came. Uh, I went to pick her up. We were getting ready to go to the tent for the, the evangelistic series, and she had on one of these patches on her arm. Now, I'm young, and I'm sheltered because I've been in this church. So, so I'm looking at her, and I'm saying, sister, you got something sticking on your arm. And she says, oh, that's, that's my nicotine patch. I said, oh, 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 you haven't smoked in the past two days. She said, no, no, no. I have not touched a cigarette since you talked to me. I said, my goodness. No, 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 you're not with it. She said, said, wait a minute. She said, I'm in pain, though. I've been throwing up all day. She said, I've been struggling all night. I couldn't sleep. But let me tell you something. I'd rather suffer like this with Jesus than suffer with cancer without him. You're not with me. See, the children of Israel are in a predicament, but they said, I'd, but they should have said, I'd rather be in this predicament knowing that God can open a door than being in Egypt without God. Are you listening to me? See, some struggles may be bad, but when you got Jesus on your side, it's going to be all right. So they call out to God and they complain and they're like, look, you know, it don't make no sense. Look, we got these people in front of us. I mean, this water in front of us and we got these people behind us, we're going to die. I mean, we're going to die. Ain't, ain't no other solution. Ain't nothing else about it. This is the end. So you say your goodbyes. Tell your family you love them. Don't worry. we all going to die together. So they ain't going to miss you because they're going to be dead too. And Moses being the leader that he was, hold on, let me pause and talk to you about preachers. See, preachers, sometimes we say stuff even though we don't see it either. So so Moses being the preacher he was, he's like, fear not. The Lord will fight for you. And Moses going back saying, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. Probably told his wife, honey, we might have to make a run for it. No, that ain't in the text. Y'all, 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 that ain't in the text. So he's trying to encourage the people. He's trying to make them feel good. He's trying to uh, come for them, which is what we have been called to do. But but the people is just not budging. So So Moses, of course, being the leader that he was, decides to go to God. And I want you to read the text again that I read to you. I read that one text to prepare your minds because the text bothers me. Is it all right to say that? I believe that you ought to take your problems to God. When you have a problem with the text, the Bible says, come, let us reason together, saith the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Uh, hold on. What do you mean, why are we crying to you? (laughs) The water is in front of us. Pharaoh is behind us. And you mad because we're calling you. Who else will we call? Hold on. God promised them Canaan. I said God promised them Canaan. So why are they asking to get to Canaan? God has already promised them that they would have it. So asking is just wasting oxygen. Now what they need to do is act on what God has already promised. Oh, you didn't hear that. See, see, the Bible says Jesus is coming soon. This is, the, this is the illustration. The Bible says Jesus is coming soon, yes? And yet every week in Adventist churches, I hear folk getting on their knees saying, Lord, come please quickly. He gonna come quickly. He already said he'd come. But what he wants you to do is act on the promise of his coming, which means get ready, which means tell somebody about Jesus. You don't got to ask him to come. Just trust. Lord is coming. Let me tell you about it. (laughs) Lord is coming. Let me tell you. Are you with me today? They must now act on the promise that God has already given them. So God says, why are you crying to me? Tell the people, go forward. Tell them, walk towards the water. I know you can't see the way out, but just go forward. Don't go back. Go forward. Then he says to Moses, when you get to the sea, lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea. He says, lift up your rod. You remember Moses' rod, don't you? Remember when Moses was walking down in the middle of... uh, I believe it was out in, well, he was out in Horeb at that time, and he was walking around the mountain because he had some sheep that he was tending to, so he had a staff with him, and when he got to this mountain, he noticed that there was a burning bush right there, and when he sees that burning bush, he says, hold on, what's going on here? Let me see what's going on. It ain't burning, it's not consumed, but it's on fire. I can see the fire, and so Moses is confused, and then from the burning bush, he heard the voice of God speak to him and call his voice. Now, some of you may sit back and say, was Moses? says high no the bush was burning but it wasn't smoking y'all ain't with me today I said the bush was burning but it wasn't smoking come on talk to me so he gets to the burning bush and he sees the burning bush and he says wait a minute wait a minute I don't understand what's going on and God says I want you to take the children of Israel out of Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go now pause Moses says hold on who are you and who am I to tell Pharaoh what to do? Lord said, I am that I am. And so Moses is like, okay, I understand the situation, but, but, but I need to get this idea here. If I go to these children and if I go to Pharaoh and tell them that God wants to bring the children of Israel out, they're not going to believe me. So, Moses, so God says, look, I got a solution. Take that rod and I want you to throw it on the ground. And when you throw it on the ground, it's going to turn into a slithering snake. And take that same rod and grab it by the tail as a snake. And when you touch that rod at its tail, it's going to turn right back Into a rod. Now, you're not listening to me. In other words, God says, take the rod that I already performed a miracle with and watch the new miracle I'm about to perform. In other words, sometimes in order to remember what God is able to do in the future, you just got to look back at what he already did for you in the past. So he says, take the rod because, you know, I blessed you back with the rod. So if I blessed you back there, then I can bless you right now. See, sometimes we forget what happened yesterday. See, what God wants us to do is get to the point where we remember yesterday. You remember when the children of, uh, no, no, when the disciples were out in the sea and and the waves started crashing and the the sea was getting bad and and they were wondering, Lord, do you care? We're getting ready to die. You do realize that was right after Jesus had fed the 5,000? So in other words, they just forgot the miracle from a few hours ago, and now they're scared about the problem right now. If you just remember what God has done for you in the past, you will be prepared to face the future. And God has blessed all of us in the past. There's some sick folk in here that got healed. There's some folk who got children out on the streets, but they're in here. Somebody talk to me. There's some folk who have been struggling in life, but they know God has been good to them, and they're still here today. That's your testimony. And yes, your testimony is for other people, but sometimes your testimony is for you. So he says, tell the people, go forward and remember, remember what I did for you in the past and and know that I'm going to take care of Pharaoh because if I took care of him once before, I can take care of him again. Pause, let me take a tangent. It's 1220. I said, it's 1220. I'm going to be out of here by 1230. Somebody say amen. See, I went to Andrews now. And at Andrews, I learned they get out of church quick. Are you with me? Listen, I was in Connecticut, and we was in church from 11 to 4. I said, Lord Jesus, this was the tent. We had them new converts in there for five hours. I said, Lord. I said, if they don't leave in six months, they're leaving out. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Y'all pray for the preacher. Listen, listen, listen. God says, I'll take care of Pharaoh, and I'll take care of that Red Sea. So God says, I got a plan for your obstacle, but I also got a plan for the devil. See, 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 Revelation chapter 12 says that there was a war in heaven and the dragon was cast out. Now you must understand the point of Revelation is not to scare you. You Adventists preach it wrong. You preach it and you scare folk. You know the time is coming when the Lord is going to withdraw himself. Uh, Y'all try to scare folk. The point of Revelation is to give you hope. Because the book is about the revelation of Jesus. And so at the center of the book, because it's a Hebrew book, at the center is the theme. And Revelation 12 is the center of the book. And in Revelation 12, the Bible says there was war in heaven and the dragon was cast out. What does that mean? That means if God took care of him up there, he'll take care of him down here. Are you with me today? So he was cast out up there and the day is coming when he'll be cast out down here. So don't worry about your problems. Don't worry about your issues because God has plan land for the one who calls them. He says, I'll take care of your obstacle and I'll take care of Pharaoh. And so they're getting ready to get up to this Red Sea and Moses starts walking down to the Red Sea. And the Bible says Moses did exactly what God commanded. Pause. See, some of us want God to open up doors for us, but we don't want to obey God to get the door open. Y'all, <sighs> oh, y'all, yeah, my Lord. See, 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 Malachi says that you got to bring all the tithes into the storehouse and I will open the windows of heaven for you. Notice it's the bringing that causes the opening. Oh, you're not with me. Uh, God told the children of Israel, he says, if you keep my commandments, none of these diseases will come upon you. Now, I'm not saying you ain't going to get sick if you obey God, but I am saying God blesses those who honor him. God has a special blessing for those who follow his commands. Are you with me today? You can't expect to have joy and you won't accept the joy of the Sabbath. Huh? You can't expect to have peace and you won't communicate with the Prince of Peace. He says you've got to obey my commands in order to get some of my benefits. So so Moses obeys the direct command of God. And when he gets to the sea, the Bible says he stretched out his hand with his rod. And when he stretched out his hand, the Lord drove the sea back from the east to the west. Uh, let me use my sanctified imagination. The, door, the, 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 the sea turned into a doorway and split wide open. And as the old preachers say, the children of Israel started to walk down on dry land. Are you with me today? So, 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 so God opened the door wait pause Moses didn't open the door I said God opened the door Moses action is just what prompted God's work I didn't say it right I got to say it again Moses step is what allowed the door to open you've been to the grocery store you know when you get to them little doors you know you can't be standing back here and expect the door to open you got to step up so the sensor can see you you got to step up, and once you get right close to the center, then the door it w- opens right up. But the minute you step back, is that's the minute the door closes. See, what God is waiting on is he's trying to see, do you have the faith for me to move? So he says, when you step, that's when I'll move because that's how I know you have faith. Somebody in here says, wait a minute, I don't get it. (laughs) Listen, when you first started trying to keep the Sabbath, God didn't open up the new. And and listen, you first started trying to keep the Sabbath and you were working that job that was going to fire you because you was keeping the Sabbath. You know what I'm talking about? See, God didn't open up the new job till you quit that other job. (laughs) Are you with me? See, in other words, God said, I need to know, are you willing to obey me? Then I'll show you that I can take care of you. Same thing with tithes and offerings. Look, I know I'm a living testimony. Listen, I was at Andrews University, and I I had to stay back for spring break because I wanted to work because I needed money. And so I said, all right, I need food in order to eat. And the thing is, you need money to get food just to stay at school so you can get more money. You see how backwards this is? (laughs) You need money so you can stay to get money. I said, what is this? So I went to the grocery store. My goodness, I went to the grocery store and, and that morning I had just received a check, but it wasn't enough. And so I went to the grocery store and I was getting ready to pay for my groceries for that week so that I could have good food, you know, three meals a day, you know, try to be healthy and everything. And <laughs> I'm scanning it out and I'm saying, Lord, I ain't got the money for none of this, but you know what? I'm going to just go with it. Now, let me tell you something. The first thing I did when I got that check was return a faithful tithe. And you know, I thought about it. I looked at that check. I said, wait a minute. I said, 10% that takes away. Okay. And, and the food costs and gas. That's when gas was high. I said, I don't know if I should put this in the. Then I went on the Adventist Giving app and I said, Lord, well, I'll be faithful. And so I'm at the grocery store at Walmart, and I'm checking the food out, and I'm getting ready to pull my card out. And a preacher comes up behind me, Leon George. And he looks at me, and he says, hey, how you doing, preacher? I said, I'm doing all right. It's good to see you. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. School's going well. School's." I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, uh, mind if I pay for you? I said, don't mind if you do. <laughs> see, see when you honor God he opens doors for you he may, you may not see what he's going to do but God will open the door when you step out in faith to him They stepped out in front of that Red Sea, and Moses stretched his hand out over the sea. And the Bible says the sea split wide open, and it stayed open long enough for all of the children of Israel to get to the other side. And once God's people had gotten to the other side, God said, I'm going to use that same obstacle, and it's going to be the obstacle for the devil. In other words, the thing that keeps you from your promise is the thing that's going to keep the devil from his head y'all ain't with me today I said the thing that the devil was using against you is the thing that God will use against the devil the devil been trying to accuse you all your life he'd been trying to keep you out of heaven all your life but thanks be to God the accuser of our brethren shall one day stand accused the one who tried to keep me out of the kingdom is now shut out of the kingdom and the one trying to kill me shall soon one day be dead y'all ain't listening to me today But in order for these things to happen for you, you got to go forward. See, you got to take the step towards what God has promised you. Now, up until this point, I've talked in general terms. But now, what I want you to do is think about your life. What has God promised you? somebody in here that needs to obey God's commands this is your opportunity to say Lord I'm going to step out in faith I'm going to start returning that tithe I'm going to start living right I'm going to start keeping the Sabbath I'm going to start doing what you want me to do and I know that there's a blessing you have for me Somebody else in here, God has promised you something. I don't know what it is. It may be specific just for you, but God wants you to do is he needs you to step out in faith. You you, you know, you you can't expect a job until you start looking for one. In other words, God won't give you a job until you fill out an application. Hold on. I learned this from a friend because that one didn't sit right. I said, how about this one? God won't give you a girlfriend or a boyfriend until you ask somebody out. That one sit better? You don't like that one? No, no. You get what I'm saying? In order for you to receive the blessing, you got to take the step. And the step is the step of faith. If you don't believe that God can open doors, then why, I'm open door, why is he going to open doors for you? So God says, I got something for you. I got a promise for you. It's in view. You can't see it clearly, but you can see the horizon just a little bit. You, you can see the plane just a little bit. And if you just learn to step out in faith, God will, God will open up the door and give you the pathway to get to your promise. But you got to step out in faith. Obedience to God is an act of faith. Stepping out on something you may not be able to see is an act of faith. I don't believe in leaps of faith because leaps have ditches at the bottom. I believe in steps of faith because the Bible says you got to take things one day at a time. So God says just go forward. You may not know how it's going to end, but just go forward. So today I want to ask for a special prayer someone in here says I want to take a step of faith I don't know what that is in your life I don't know how that looks but you say I want to take that step today maybe it's to give your life to Christ you may be online I don't know and you say I want to give my life to Jesus today there's an email somewhere you can look it up on the internet and you can email this church And you can make the decision to take the step of faith toward Jesus and surrender your life to him. Somebody else in this room says, I want to take the step of faith in whatever capacity God is calling me to do in my life. I can't tell you what capacity that is, but you know it. If that's what you want to do, raise your hand. Raise your hand. I want to take the step of faith. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Everyone standing. Everyone standing. We're going to pray. Go forward. When you leave here, if you don't remember anything that the preacher said, you can remember the two words that were found in the Word of God itself, which are, go forward. That's the cry. That's the message God has for you. Go forward. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for all that you've done. We thank you for all the blessings you've given to us in the past, Lord, because it's proof that you'll bless us in the future. It's proof that there's a doorway waiting to be opened and the promise is waiting to be revealed to us. There's a path of direct access to it. So Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you give us the faith to take the step. Because it is only you that can provide the faith, but we have to open up our hearts to be willing to act on that faith. So Lord, today some individuals have made the decision, Lord, I ask that they will take the step to go forward in Jesus' name. Lord, bless this church. There may be something that this church needs to do for this community, for these people here in this city. Lord, give them the strength in faith to go forward. May not have the money, may not have the resources, but in faith, they, if they take the step to go forward, you will open up the doors for those resources. But most of all, we're preparing for the second coming of Jesus. And, Lord, I ask that you give us the strength to continue to take each step day by day of faith, going forward in Jesus' name, but not just going forward, going toward our promise, the promised land, that new Jerusalem. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for all the things you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.